All right, today Mojo Sports Network's talking to an absolute legend in the world of rugby league. And as I always do tell people, a really nice guy, Brett Morley. How are you doing today? I'm great, thanks, Gab. Thanks for lying and starting off so well. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, he told me I had to say he was a nice guy. (laughs) No, he's one of the good guys. And I've been lucky enough to know Brett since he was playing for Sharks many years ago, um, but more recently through our kids playing Oztag uh, with the same club. Now, I do promise to be nice to you today, Brett, so please be the same back as we talk about your NRL career, coaching, and a few other things. Ready to go? Ready to roll. All right, awesome. So as a player, you played 307 NRL games, 10 Origin games from New South Wales, 22 games for Australia, won a premiership in 1999 with the Storm and got the Clive Churchill medal that year for best player in the grand final. What a great career. What were your dreams growing up and what did you do as a young boy to achieve such great success? Yeah, well, as a, as a kid, um, I was always around rugby league. My dad was a, a footy player and then was obviously a coach in the Newcastle area. So my brother and I, Craig, who's two years older than me, we were we were ball boy, sand boy, running around football field since, you know, you could barely carry the bucket down the sideline. So it's always a part of our our um, our lives. Um, obviously, then throughout our growing up, we played soccer for a number of years. You know, Dad had a number of injuries um, playing football, so Mum thought we'd play soccer and weren't allowed to play football and, until Craig came home one day and said, well, you need to sign this permission note. I've just made the grand final for primary school knockout. And, um <laughs> Pretty much from then onwards, we were allowed to play rugby league. So um, I started playing league when I was nine. Um, and, uh, you know, when I grew up in Newcastle, it was a rugby league heartland, but we didn't have a team in our own backyard. So I was a mad South fan. Craig was a mad Roosters fan. Um, and the biggest thing I say to people that happened to me when I was young is I was 12 years of age and, and the Newcastle Knights entered the competition. I was crazy mad about football. Uh, I'd been around it my whole life. And then all of a sudden you got people – that had come from Lakes United with my junior club playing first grade football. And I remember sitting there that very first day when Sam Stewart ran out with a Henny Penny Newcastle Knights jersey on. And I was like, oh, I've got a team in my own backyard. Um, sat on the hill all that year and just wanted to become a footy player um, and bits and pieces. So um, unable or wasn't lucky enough to get selected for Newcastle under 15s is, was my first opportunity to play for the Knights. So that was pretty devastating. And the following year or two years later, I was selected to play SG ball and then sort of won a scholarship and I missed the Jersey flag and went straight in the grave with my brother. So I sort of got fast-tracked into football. And um, from then on, I just say to people, I, I I trained extremely hard. I was extremely lucky. Um, I had some great people and good coaches around me and, and at home. And um, I had a, I had a massive ride. I was talking about Gal. I got invited last Thursday night to go and have dinner with Melbourne Storm, speaking about that 99 semi-final series and the grand final. And, you know, it's, been quite a few years now. Um, so to go through those memories and bring it up, um, it was great to watch a few of those games. But I say, I said to them and I'll say to everyone, the greatest thing I achieved was winning a premiership. It's the, it's the best part of my career, the highlight of my career. Uh, we're in grand final week now. Uh, I get to go and call the grand final this weekend for SEN. So still there. I just, I don't get to play anymore and you don't get the, you don't get the highs and the lows anymore as, as not being a player like you do as an athlete, you know. So, um, yeah. no, I, I'm blessed to have the career I had. It's even now I still work in rugby league, whether it's, you know, I'm at the West Tigers or in media. And uh, the game has given me so much. I love it. My family love it. We're around it all the time. And um, I just say I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, well, I think, you know, you create your own luck sometimes with the work you yeah. do. And I know you work very hard. So it, it honestly is an amazing career. And my next question was, what was your favourite memory? But I think you've just answered yeah. that one, obviously being the 1999 yeah. Uh, premiership win, but on that, who was the most influential player or coach that you had around you? 
Uh, Chris Anderson was the most influential coach I had. Um, probably goes in the heart that you have success in Melbourne. He was the coach of Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I remember doing a, a beep test in the car park at Belmore at the end of 1996, thinking that there was going to be no team called the Hunter Mariners and we're going down to, to relocate to Canterbury. He was coached by Chris Anderson at the time, so he obviously identified Craig and my brother and I about talents. And then fast forward 12 months, the Hunter Mariners were in existence and, and then they fold, so I joined... I decided to join the Melbourne Storm. So um played a flat style of football that I enjoyed playing. Um, yeah. You know, had to become a, probably a pretty good kicker at the football, knowing that the in goals at Olympic Park were a little bit short um, <laughs> and had to make sure that was my home, gave me my home game advantage. So that was really good. And then, you know, as I, as you said, you know, winning the grand finals is the greatest thing I achieved as a player. Um, even going off in that game, we were down 14-0 at halftime. Um, yeah. We've been behind in all the semifinal matches and just the trust and belief you have in that coach that says, don't panic play a bit of football, it'll change. And then obviously it did change. And the the end is, you know, history-making with a penalty try that, that was awarded yeah. in about the 77th minute. So um, I spent three wonderful years playing for Melbourne in that time I played for them. Um, you know, I think I was about a 10-game first grader before I arrived there and then literally played every game for three years. Uh, won a grand final, played for Australia and won a State of Origin Series for New South Wales. So it was a pretty successful um, time in my life. Uh, and then yeah. I decided to, to leave and join the Northern Eagles, which didn't turn out very well. And the reason why I ended up going to Cronulla was because Chris Anderson had got the job at the Sharks in 02. Um, the physio and the trainer, who were also a part of the Melbourne Storm, were both coming up with him. So I wanted my football to get back to where it was in those days. And that's sort of what took me to the Cronulla Sharks. And then now you know, I still live in the region. I still call the area home. And, you know, I had... Um, had eight wonderful years there at the Cronulla Sharks, and it was purely on the back of Chris Anderson. Um, yeah. You know, I say he's a mentor, he's a friend. I uh, played a lot of golf with him. Um, you know, a, a few, few ago, golf balls into my uh, driveway? No, hopefully not. <laughs> I wouldn't be, but, um, yeah, you know, and, and, you know, he's my, you know, we won the World Cup in 2000. He was coaching Australia, you know, so I had yeah. some great memories with him. And I think our player... Always has a trust with someone they, well, they've got to trust someone and they always have one of their favorites or someone they've had success with or it's helped them through difficult times is someone that stays pretty close and is pretty special to them. And, you know, yeah. I took the inaugural NRLW job because of the, you know, I wanted to, I was lucky enough to be presented that opportunity, but it was a very similar path to what I went through going to the Melbourne Storm and changed my life from a football department. And it was something that Chris always speaks about, about going to a brand new franchise. And being able to recruit every player, create the culture, um, and, and the style of football you want to play. So, you know, it was 24 years ago um, that moment happened. It's still pay- taken a big part of my life now. Yeah, you can still see the smile on your face when you talk about it, which is which is great to see. So, I remember when I was working at the Sharks when you and Chris and and all the guys came up, and it, he was so professional, and 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 what he did with you guys was was excellent. So, I remember. Uh, looking kind of from afar and, and seeing what a great guy he was and, and some of the great people he brought with him. So what learnings have you taken from Chris into your coaching now? Uh, I think you take learnings from every coach. Um, yeah. you, know, you, either, you just get on better, I think, with some coaches. Some people are probably more halfback orientated, so you, you stick with them more. Others are defence orientated. But, you know, the biggest le- the biggest learning I've always thought was um, – you know, I think you've got to be pretty honest with the players. You've got to be pretty honest with yourself first and then honest with the players. Uh, I'm not a very reactive person. Um, I don't have many blow-ups in me. I like to try and stay calm. I try and think that we do the work during the week and prepares us for a weekend, but um, sometimes get a bit emotional um, and, and a bit upset when things. Um, but no, I just think honesty is the, the best way, the best thing moving forward. And 
I I had a career not on being the most talented halfback in the comp, but I had a career I thought from being um, super fit and and hungry to win and motivated for that that competition and that challenge. So I try to instill that into my players. Sometimes it's not about how much talent you got; it's always yeah. about how hard you work and how committed you are. When the when the game gets tough, you got to be prepared by doing the work beforehand, and then you got to be prepared in the game to play tough. Now that's great. That is great advice for any young people coming through. That you may not be the most talented, but you can always be the one that works the hardest and works the yeah. longest. So yeah. I think that is great advice. So then you retired and went into commentary, which I, I know you enjoy and I know you're still doing some of that. When did you kind of start thinking about uh, coaching at a professional level? Uh, I was probably pretty lucky when I retired at Canterbury. I got given I had two roles uh, when I retired. So one, I worked full-time at Canterbury as a halves coach for the club, yep. uh, which allowed me to be in and around full-time training, full-time coaching and development. Um Without a game day role, and then I was had a full time media role as well. So probably retired into the best of both worlds. I, I went down two paths to see what one yep. I liked. Um, I've always wanted to coach. I love coaching. I think I, even as a player, when you play, you're still half coach on the football field. Um, you know, I love the game. I feel like I've got knowledge of the game and can share it. Um, and then uh, you know, watching video and doing all that hard work, I'm also a fan of, um, which yep. takes probably a lot of people don't want to coach because they're. You know, the amount of video and hard work and time it, it consumes you for, for to present sometimes a minute 30 clip and you've spent <laughs> probably five days preparing it and all that type of stuff. Um, yeah. And do the players even listen to it or understand it, um, all those things. But um, so, yeah, I was lucky enough to go down that path. So I sort of was a specialist coach for a couple of years. Then I went to Canberra as the NRL assistant coach, come back to Tigers in 15 as a Holden Cup coach and then sort of um, went on a different direction. Um Effectively, I, I I gave up everything in 2017 when when my partner, uh, my wife at the time, and my mother of my four children, um, you know, we had some we had a huge battle with brain cancer, so I basically had yeah. to step down from both coaching and media opportunities. Uh, my first job instantly was to become a dad um, or carer, then a dad. Um, so it sort of took you away from the football side of things. Um, yeah. I slowly went back into work in media. Um, I was able to be. I dad at home most regularly and, and able to go out and do some media work and, and still, you know, have a career in some regards to keep the roof over our head and support that. And I went through that process for a number of years. Uh, I've only sort of returned to football effectively in the last two years um, yeah. after having a pretty long break and understanding that was my most important job I needed to go through. Uh, and, you know, I applied for a role here at the West Tigers in a pathways role just to ease back into it. And instantly that became a coaching role that instantly then became the NRL head coach role. <laughs> Um, that was pretty, pretty. It was dramatic. a meteoric rise, wasn't it? Months and then, um, yeah, and then that was heavily supported by you know um, all my family, the girls, the older two who can help with drop off and pickups, and Lauren, who's my partner now, she helped with facilitating all that. You now to be an NRL head coach for a short period of time is is life consuming. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I say I I think I retired to want a coach and was lucky enough to be given two two opportunities, yeah. uh, and I pursued that, and now. It, you know, got put on hold for a while there for for the right reason, for a personal reason, uh, and now I have the opportunity now to start fulfilling that career again um, and try and chase more of that coaching opportunity now. And I just, I just want to say you've done an absolutely amazing job with your four beautiful daughters. So I know life hasn't been without its challenges, and and I know you went through a lot, but um, with the family support, with with Loz and the girls now, you yeah. you have that as your number one role. You have been. That's more successful than anything you've done on the football yeah. field. I, I know those four girls and they're, they're beautiful young women, so credit to you on that, Brett. Thank you, um, yeah. so, Thank you. 
That's okay. So this year you're given the job of leading the inaugural Tigers team to the 2023 NRLW uh, competition. What were your priorities when you took over and who were the initial players you, you wanted to build the club around? Yeah, well, I think wanted to build the club around uh, was first of all was obviously a lot of our local girls. You know, we've yep. we've had systems here in place for a number of years where um, the West Tigers have been waiting for a licence to be handed to them. We had a strong pathways in Tasha Gale and Harvey Norman, so we had girls come through our own area and our own backyard. Obviously, we, we have two catchment areas or three catchment areas with MacArthur. Um, so we've got Belmain and West who are obviously foundation clubs. So, um, you know, in the women's program, we play as the West Tigers and the men's program, they play as West and Belmain sort of up to that senior level. Um, but, yeah, the, that was the first thing is to make sure we give our own players an opportunity to become an NRLW player. Uh, and then outside of that, it was about who do you go out and recruit. Um, we had a few of our players that last NRLW year went off and played for other clubs because uh, the opportunity wasn't to play NRLW for the West Tigers. Uh, yep. So that was really important that we made sure we gave them an opportunity. Uh, they've done the hard work. They've set up the club for us. Um, and then obviously go out and pursue um, some really important players. Uh, so we recruited seven players. Um, of our 28, so 21 of our 28 have been our local players or our own players. Which that's awesome in itself, isn't it? Sorry? That's sorry. That's awesome in itself, isn't it? Yeah, we wanted to give them the the opportunity. Um, You know, the fact that there's clubs in Sydney um, where, you you know, the the mantle here at the club is we're a development club. Um, So it's important that we we carry what the – what the club stands for. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that we went out and recruited those seven players, uh, we were very lucky that we got every player that we wanted to recruit. Um, yeah. It's sort of become a, there's an NRLW contractual window coming up and every club got pretty much notice it was coming two weeks from today and literally every player become off contract at the same time for all 10 clubs to compete yeah. over. So um, you had to be organised, you had to be aligned to where you're going and who you're trying to get. Um, Matt Betsy, who is our general manager here of, of pathways in the women's program, he and I sat down and put a list together and went through the why and how comes. Uh, And as I said, we had great support from the club uh, and we were successful that we were able to get those girls to make a decision to come and join us. Um, The fact, you know, one of our co-captains in Kesey Apps had obviously played Harvey Norman for us last year when we won the Harvey Norman competition. So um, that was a an easier conversation because she knows who we are and the play, style of football yeah. we'll play. But it was a huge decision for her to leave the Dragons after so long and to, you know, give us the opportunity to coach her. And, um, you know, you've seen how happy she was on the field this year, scoring tries, breaking records. And um, I, ju- I loved watching. She must have scored the same style of try, 10 metres out on the left edge. I'm going to say four, possibly five times. Yeah. Was yeah. That- well, she broke the record for, I think, uh, first four to score a try in four straight matches. Um, and it looked and like it was on repeat. Two, she'd scored two tries, I think, before, her whole career before she came <laughs> here. So, And you're right, they're very similar style. She's a great hole runner. I'd say yeah. she's the best defender in the competition. Her tackle technique is, uh, is first class, whether it's men or female programs. Yeah, um, yeah and we, that was our decision. Um, the thing, Gab, I think in the last few years, the development of the NRLW um, is very important to get athletic people Um and and skillful people, so that was sort of the mantle that what we went out and we recruited. So um, that one, you had to have one of those or two of those um, yep. for them to be on our radar. The game is about athleticism; it's about skill, it's about toughness, uh, and they were a big part of our recruitment decisions. That the people that we went out and targeted. So we're, we're very yeah. lucky. Great, we've created uh, an amazing culture. They train hard. They get on so well together. Um, you know, we had a wonderful presentation night um, last Tuesday at La Montage with. 
Saratoga Tuki taking out um, our two major awards. Um, she was unbelievable. Another player that we recruited, and she thought she had something to prove to everyone, um, if, 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 especially against for the against the Roosters. But um, yeah. yeah, she's been brilliant for us. Brilliant oh, for she us had a great year. So I had her, Apps, you know, in the forwards leading it. But then you yeah. had the speed of like you know, Rakia Horn, and then you had Bo Betty Welsh, the skill of her, yeah. and then Ja'Kai Whitfield. Now, I've picked Ja'Kai Whitfield as my winner of the year in um, when predictions of the Dally M. Yes. You have so much talent to work with. Yeah, I think oh, hopefully we get three players get their win their position of the year I awards. Togatuki uh, as well. Yeah, Togatuki and Kezi, uh, and yep. obviously Ja'Kai. Yeah, outstanding uh, for us. And uh, obviously, as you said, Bo, Christian, and Ja'Kai went off on the weekend and played Prime Minister's 13, uh, yep. and Ja'Kai scored four tries because of that speed. Um, she's yeah. you know come from the rugby sevens program, uh, has lived in the professional environment of a full time athlete. Um, didn't get many games at Newcastle. Uh, we sought to give her a, a great opportunity. She trained hard. Uh, I think from game one, she set the world on fire with run meters and tries. Uh, yeah, and you know we we would certainly love to have Jakai as part of our club for a number of years. Um, yeah. We're at the moment negotiating with Jakai. Um, well, I you hope know, you so get it because she has been amazing. Yeah. I have real. I've watched every game, but she has been yeah. amazing to watch, and is is a real a real talent and, and speed to burn. She's, real so. talent. she's got speed. She's tough, and she she's very uh, very coachable. Uh, one of the yeah. ones that studies the game and wants to get better. And and you know she she is a good one to coach because she's very ambitious and. <laughs> Wants to keep challenging herself to to maybe even change positions and 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 try and grow her game. Yeah, good. I love hearing that. Now I know you have a lot of support at home. You've got Loz and the girls, and I know your neighbours are very footy mad. Do they yeah. ever offer advice? And if so, what is it? And do you take it? No, I don't take it. <laughs> um, should I delete that bit? Should I delete them? No, um, <laughs> no, they're all, they're great. As you said, the great support. Um, you know, again. As you know, the ladies, my partner and, and girls supported last year. When I went through the NRL coaching. Um, they've jumped massively on board, obviously, to be part of the NRLW. Um, the girls are great that, you know, they also include them and make them feel welcome when they come into venues or into um, grandstands or functions that we go to and all that. Um, yeah. So my, my neighbours don't try and say that this is what I should do. My next door neighbour, Miss Lily Persane, who braids a bit of hair for Cronulla girls, so I'm not a fan <laughs> of that. I give her a West Tigers jersey and try and say, come and support us. Um, <laughs> But no, they they're funny. Again, um, as you said, I'm I'm blessed that I've got an amazing family at home and partner, but also blessed that our inner circle of friends are so good and supportive and loyal. Um, and uh, you know, you everyone puts a bit of shit on each other and has a bit of fun and all that type <laughs> of stuff. But that, that's what makes life fun. That's the beauty of team sport, a bit of banter. Yeah. So yeah. Um, now, Tigers fan will want to know what your plans are for 2024. Who's staying? Obviously, you are, and anyone you're chasing. I know that market's about to open up. Uh, yeah, well, Jakai is one of the players that's off contract that we are currently trying to hopefully get her to sign for a number of years. Yep. Uh, as I said, we've got 17 players of our uh, – 17 of our 24 that are on multi-year deals. Um, so the good news for the fans is all three-quarters of the side will be all returning. Um, yep. And then, obviously, we've just got to some, make some – Recruitment, some de- recruitment decisions, business decisions. Uh, obviously, you have four dev players. Do those dev players get elevated up the contracted players? Uh, or do we go outside and try and find some other contracted players that we think could be better than our girls who we gave that opportunity to? So that's that's a big challenge now. Um, yeah. And the season reviews are happening, watching a lot of games, seeing who uh, are all on one-year deals and who would be available. Um, it's the first time in the history of the game for the women that have been able to sign multi-year deals 
um, outside of unless you're a marquee in the past. But effectively for the for everyone, it was like a one year by one year by one year by one year. So um, yeah. we've got to it's great to see the stability, isn't it? Yeah. That yeah, so good now going to be moving forward. Yeah, um, three or four of our players have got three year deals. Um, the majority of them have got two year deals, and as I said, there's seven players that are off contract at the moment. So. Yeah. Um, while everyone thinks footy's over and you mustn't do anything until March now, it's quite a lot of planning and 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 processes you go through and making sure how do we get better from last year. Uh, and you know we've obviously gone through a whole data report of how we train. We compare it to the last year's competition, but we're waiting for the sort of report to come out from this year's uh, NRLW to see how far it's grown in twelve months. Because I think the competition has been outstanding. The closeness of it. Uh, a little upset on the weekend. The Titans beating the Roosters. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Knights, I think, are the best team in the competition. So um, they're chasing back-to-back premierships, you know, and they've got, I would say, one of the healthiest rosters at this time of year, which is a good thing to have. Yeah, they don't have many injuries, do they? So no. uh, they're all ring well coming into Sunday's grand final. So yeah. in terms of report card, quickly, where would you – what mark would you give yourselves for the year that was? Out of 10. Uh, First two games, outstanding, um, 10 out of 10 for those two performances. Yeah. Uh, I'd still say that we – so we won two games. Um, we were beaten in three games. Um, the Raiders definitely beat us in Canberra. We had some some injuries and HIAs to worry about. The Roosters yeah. blew us off the park. I thought we were starstruck playing them that day at Moore Park there. Uh, and Newcastle, I thought, was the most the, – that was the most physical we played, the best we played in the first half against Newcastle with four or five key players out. Um, yeah. But they do beat us in the end. So we won two, we got beaten in three, and we cost ourselves in four games. In the last, we we led in four games with less than two minutes to go in four games uh, and didn't yeah. nail some opportunities in that game. So uh, I'd say, you know, it's a pass mark. Um, but I know, how, as you said, we've got – we. I thought we did great in the forwards, great in our outside backs. We just need to fix up some of that execution, which is some areas we're looking at. Um, but – in setting up a culture, in playing a style of football that we wanted to play and create, which I think creates a lot of opportunities for every player on our side. Uh, and the way we just, again, we went through 26 players. We went probably, I think, through one of the most. But the, I'm very proud that we gave all contracted players an opportunity to play a game and make their NRLW debut. Um, they sit here on a wall uh, in the West Tigers. Um, so they'll be history-making forever. They'll be playing 1 to 26 of that. Uh, yeah. And our two dev players didn't play, but they'll certainly be a part of contractual dev talks next year, and they'll be big players of the future. So, uh, if we're talking a number out of ten, I'd give us six or six and a half out of ten. I think we've done some amazing yeah. things, but um, we need to learn some football smarts very quickly. Yeah. Otherwise, in a short comp that only goes for nine rounds, you can't beat yourself on a couple of occasions and still make the finals. No, there's not much give is there. You don't have time to catch yeah. up once you get behind. Yeah. So, but um. Like I said, I, I thought you guys did really well for your first season. You had some great moments and, and probably a few key injuries at um, inopportune time. Inopportune times, you know, yeah. made made it hard at the back end. So, but now what we're going to do? We're going to go into sixty seconds of questions. Mojo Sports Network Mad Minute. Now you can Ooh. pass, Brett, but I might oh. answer them for you. Okay, so be careful. I don't think you'll pass. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll start easy. All right. Favorite food. Chocolate. People say that, and I agree with that. It must be it must be a uh, athlete. Just a nice little Most, treat, a treat after coffee or a treat after dinner. Perfect. Most talented player you've played with? Uh, most ta- talented player I played with. Well, I was probably lucky to play with the three best players I played with was I think a guy called Andrew Johns, Brad Fittler, and Darren Lockyer. 
They were pretty good players. They were pretty good players. I was just the boy passed with the ball. (laughs) Well, you're part of of that crew, so there you go. Speed or ball skills, what's more important? Uh, Speed. Uh, Favourite coaching quote? Uh, Favourite coaching quote? I don't know. Have a a go. That'll do me. Okay, that's a good one. Dream holiday destination. All I ask about it, just have a go. Have a go. That's all you can ask. Yeah. Dream holiday destination. Uh, dream holiday destination. Uh, I haven't been there. Um, I'm jealous Miss Lauren has been there, but I'd love to go over to Greece. I'd love to go over in the beautiful blue waters and um, enjoy some drinks and sit in the sun. Like the rest of the show, I did that this year anyway. They did. I was stuck yeah. here, but uh, it, it looked yeah. amazing on Instagram. Yeah. Um, number one celebrity you'd like to meet? Uh, number one celebrity. Uh I don't know if this person's probably still at the top of the list, but he was. I'm a golf tragic, um, so the gentleman called Tiger Woods that for one stage of his career was the the number one probably golfer and and role model and everything else he wanted to be. But not sure if he still sits on that category at no. the moment. <laughs> He's still probably the best golfer, role model. Not still so the best sure. golfer. Well, even as the best golfer, I don't know about <laughs> role right. model. Or anything else. <laughs> what would your family say is your most annoying habit? Uh, probably interrupt people talking. Favorite training exercise? Uh, favorite training? Oh, I can't run anymore, Gabba. The arthritis in my knee gone. I used to. I'm a road runner. Tragic. I loved running when I was when I was younger. Uh, loved running when I played football. I thought it was the only thing that could get me super fit. So, uh, so one thing I regret. Or well, I can't do it, but it's not regret. But I wanted to be super fit when I played, and I did a lot of running. Uh, that and I trained hard, and and when I retired, I did a lot of road running. It cleared my head and made me feel so. F- and one it would make me feel fit, and two it would just freshen me up mentally and then I'll, I'll be back in a better place. Yeah. I thought for sure you were going to say the assault bike then. No. You, <laughs> you hurt me too much. The, you, <laughs> you, take, you, you take too much fun out of putting pain in your clients <laughs> and knowing you just dangle that carrot that we get there a little bit and then I'll have to walk out of your house and go up the hill because I feel like I've got a bit of lactic acid <laughs> building up in my stomach. <laughs> May or may not have been a vomit. We'll wait. We, we, we won't disclose. Uh, 2023 yeah. Dalian NRLW Player of the Year. Who's going to get that off? Uh, I think Tamika Upton's the best player in the competition, but I might have just been told she's not going to the Dalians. So oh, hopefully right. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, okay. Uh, so if, if, uh, who will, I, I think Sarah Togatuki is a chance to get it unfortunately getting hurt the last game and she got suspended for a game might cost her multiple points but uh i'll rate her as a a, a bit biased probably best player in the comp that's okay i'm happy with that because she was amazing uh who's going to win the nrl and the nrl nrlw premiership uh nrl i think brisbane will win the premiership for the nrl i don't know why i I thought last week that win with penrith was so good on on their prelim final, they beat the Melbourne Storm pretty easy. So I just think Reese Walsh is an unbelievable ball-playing speedster. So there's two things that you said, what one yeah. would you pick? Well, he's got both, um, ball-playing and speed. Um, that's a great um, skill to have. Uh, and I think Newcastle will win it. Um, you know, they've got really good pack of forwards, really smart dummy half, good seven, outside backs carry the ball well. And the fullback, as I said, I think is the best player in the comp. So um, the Titans have done great. Um, they were a side that, 
they just kept hanging around for the, some of those games yeah. and they scrap and win them in the end. And I've, you know, I heard them tell you last weekend that they finished last in the competition last year and now they're in the grand final. So congratulations to the Titans organization for improving and enjoying this week. They're, they're good weeks yeah. to be a part of. Yeah, I'll bet. And last question, favorite personal trainer? Oh, geez. Hmm. Yeah, Rose. <laughs> Lucky. 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 Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. Brett, I could talk to you all day about rugby league just because of the knowledge you have on the game. And I know we often do chat a lot about yeah. rugby league. Um, but I know how busy you are. So I've got one more question. We all know you've got yeah. four beautiful daughters who possess a lot of soccer and Oztag skill. What advice would you give them as a dad or a coach if they wanted to try their hand at rugby league? Well, previously I've said no um, because it cost me a lot of money to put some braces on on Miss Ava's <laughs> new teeth. And yeah. I am in right in the process of we're talking about that, of allowing her to play rugby league. Uh, it's yeah. The game's been so good for me. Um, as you said, they're Oztagers, they're, they're touch, they're soccer, my youngest, but uh, I, I'm going to support if they want to play league. I'll go and watch them. I'll come and help them. Uh, I just want to make sure they go to a, a safe place to learn how to practice tackling and do all that type of stuff. So um, yeah. I'd say that's the biggest thing. Uh, yeah, I will stand there and support them and know that the collision is the biggest thing that they've got to get used to, uh, yeah. but also I want to make sure they can tackle safely and, and be in safe positions when they're running the ball. Yeah, I think that's good advice because once they get that, if they're, if they're athletic and skillful as we've spoken about, yeah. then uh, once they learn how to tackle and be tackled, yeah, um, yeah, it, it's a great game to watch. So. Thank you so much. I love, Thank you, as I just said, I love talking to you. Big smile on your face. Um, appreciate the time. I do know you're busy trying to sort that big jigsaw puzzle out of, of what 2024 is going to look like. So yeah. we really appreciate your time. And November um, 1, we can talk to players who are available for 25. Awesome. Oh, he's Ooh. just done a big double fist pump there. Nah, so he's, a, he's, a, ha- he's a happy man. Always something happening in rugby league. Always something. So I'm yeah. sure I'll see you on the golf course very soon. Definitely. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gab.